Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Paul Gray here. Appreciate you joining me for another episode of Grace to All with Paul Gray. Today, I want to talk to you about praying as a son or daughter of God. We are all sons or daughters of God. Most of us don't know that. Most Christians don't know that or don't even realize what that means. They may have heard the phrase, but don't really know what it means. But praying as a son or daughter of Father God is a whole nother thing. And I'm going to share with you today what the Holy Spirit and Jesus and Papa have revealed to me about this. These are, and I'm not saying this is the end-all, be-all thing on how to pray. It's not a technique or it's not a list of things that you follow and then you've prayed correctly. I'm just going to give you 10 helpful things to know and remember before you pray that I have found to be very helpful to me anyway. Now, these all come from Scripture. For the most part, I'm not going to give you the Scripture references today. Just I think it'll go smoother if I uh, do it the way I'm going to do it. So here we go. Ten very helpful things to know and remember before you pray. The first one is agape. God is pure, perfect love that casts out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. Now, why is it important to remember that God is perfect love without fear before you pray? Well, (laughs) so you won't be afraid of God when you pray. So you won't be afraid that if you don't pray right or if you don't cover everything or if you've got some sin you've forgotten about that you need to be afraid of or that you fear that God doesn't like you for whatever reason. No, there's no fear in perfect love. So we need never, ever fear God. Second thing to remember, you're made in Papa's image and likeness. He made you right with him. And he says you are pure and without fault. Again, this is all from scripture. God already made you right with him. You are as right with him as you can ever get. And you will always be right with him. And in his economy, which is the only economy that matters, he says you are pure and without fault. Well, why is that important to remember when we pray? (laughs) Well, we don't ever have to ask God to get right with him, do we? No, we know, we know, we come to him with confidence and assurance. Here's a huge one. Number three, important thing to remember as you pray. Sin is not an issue with God and never has been. Sin, as you've heard me say before, is falling short of remembering 
the truth about God, yourself, and others. And God took care of all of that, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. There are numerous scriptures. God's taken our sin as far as the east from the west. God chooses not to remember our sin, not to bring it up. He doesn't keep a record of sins. God the Father was in Christ Jesus at the cross, reconciling everyone to him, not counting anyone's sins against us. Jesus took the sin of the world away. Sin is not an issue with God and never has been. Contrary to what you were taught by religion, you do not ever have to confess your sins unless you know what the word confess means. It means to say the same thing as God does. Yes, we say the same thing that God says about our sins. Rather than begging for forgiveness or even asking for forgiveness, When there's something we know that we've done that wasn't right, we just say, Papa, thank you that you say you have already taken care of that sin and it's not an issue with you and never has been. That's a little different way of praying, isn't it? All right, here's the fourth thing. You are one with Papa, Jesus, and grace. I call the Holy Spirit grace. You are one with the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're one with them. It's important to remember that when you pray, right? Why? You don't ever have to say, oh, God, please come and be with me. Please come. You don't have to get a group of people together and get down on your knees and pray for four or five hours. Say, God, come to this place. Come and meet with us. No, you're already one with him. You always have been. He's in you and with you. Number five. He has already lavishly given you every single gift there is. And his gifts are irrevocable. He never takes them away. You are a son and daughter with abundant grace and favor. You have the mind of Christ. You have access to the wisdom of God. You have everything you need for life and godliness. Again, those of you who've listened to me for some time or who are students of the Bible, who maybe have memorized some of these verses, you know that all of those things come from Scripture. You, you never ask for God to give you anything. I mean, you may have asked him, but he didn't need to because before creation, Ephesians 1 tells us, and Colossians 1, he has lavishly given you every gift there is. You have them. So when we come, when we go to prayer, do we need to ask God for any gifts? No. We say, thank you, Papa, that you've given me this. You may not be seeing it in the seen and temporal realm, but in the unseen and eternal realm, it's already there. Now, we've learned to visualize that and delightfully expect those gifts to effortly manifest. And we have confidence that they will manifest in God's timing, but we don't have to ask him for them. Number six, Papa's agape love manifests as joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, the faith of Christ, God's faith in you, and he has more faith in you than you do, Holy Spirit, power, compassion, and mercy. Those are fruit of the Spirit, and they are in you. And they manifest in you. So you you don't need to ask for joy or peace or patience. Or see, when we ask for things, then we we think that it's 
up to us to ask enough or long enough or sincere enough or in the right frame of mind or honestly or uh, all these man-made things that we come up with. And then when we don't, when we ask for patience and we lose our patience, we, we think, well, I didn't ask right or God's mad at me or, or didn't hear my prayer or whatever. No, none of those things. They're already in you. So what we do is we say, thank you for your patience, the Holy Spirit's patience, the spirit of the fruit of the patience. Thank you that patience is in me. Now, Jesus, act, here's what we ask. Jesus, live as me. You're, you're, I'm one with you. I'm partnering with you. Live as me. So in these situations where I tend to be impatient, you'll be patient. And I'll know that it's you doing me, not doing it, not me trying. Pray number seven. Remember this when you pray. God adores you. You are the apple of his eye. That would change things, wouldn't it? If you knew, whenever you pray, and actually we can pray all the time, life is a conversation with the divine. We, uh, when we know that. So, I mean, it is, whether we know it or not. So when you pray, just know confidently that God adores you. You are the apple of his eye. That changes how you pray. You don't have to worry that he's upset with you or he doesn't like you or, or whatever. <clears throat> Number eight, this is huge. They're all huge. God is pure light, pure light, pure light with no trace of darkness. He never changes. Why is it important to know that? There's no darkness in God. It's all pure light, pure love. There's no, it's not like Jesus is the good God and bad is, God is the bad God. And, you know, Jesus is here now, but God's hiding behind a tree, just waiting to catch you doing something wrong or whatever. No, no. God is pure. There is no darkness whatsoever in God. No trace of it. God is pure goodness, pure goodness. There's, there's no evil in God. There's nothing. All right. Number nine, God is just like Jesus. And as Jesus is, so are you. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God is just like Jesus. Jesus is just like God the Father. They are one. Jesus is the exact replica, exact replication of God. And as Jesus is in this world, so are you. And God the Father loves you exactly like he loves Jesus. Again, some of you will recognize that all of these are scriptures. Every single one of them are scriptures. So when we pray, we confidently know that the one we're talking to and listening to loves us just like he loves Jesus. Number 10, God is for you and continually works all things for the good. <laughs> Everything in your life, God is continually working for the good. So we may ask God for to get this job or that promotion or for this to happen or whatever, and it may not happen right away, but we have confidence that God is for us and he's working the situation for good. It may not be the best thing for us for that to happen. Boy, I, there was a business I wanted to start at one particular time, 
Actually, I didn't want to start the business. I wanted another thing I was involved in to pay me more money, but I didn't think that was going to come about. So I decided, well, I'm going to start this little business that will make up that amount of money. Didn't ask God about that. It just seemed like the right thing to do. I had the ability to do it. I borrowed some money to do it. I just knew it would be successful. Well, it wasn't. It got literally never made a dime. And the money that I put into it, I lost. And shortly after that, this other thing that I had wanted to happen but wasn't patient enough to wait on came through. So, I mean, if I had just had the attitude of, okay, what I'm planning here, my way of doing this hasn't happened yet, but I can be confident that God is working everything for the good. I could have waited and seen what manifested and not wasted my money. <laughs> so uh, that's, you know, just kind of the way that, that that works. So let these truths wash over you and just say, come to God and say, thank you, Papa. Thank you that, that you love me, that, that you have no punishment uh, in your love, that I'm made in your image, that sin's not an issue with you, that, that I'm one with you, that you've already given me all these gifts, that uh, you adore me on the apple of your eye and you're pure light with no trace of darkness. And, and that uh, as Christ is in the world, so am I. And you see me just like you see Christ and you're for me and you're always working things for good. Just thank God for that. And then listen and say and do what he says and tells you to do. Now, that's all good news. I'm going to tell you a couple of hindrances to that that will hopefully help you see uh, some problems with that, but I want to focus on the good news. The primary hindrance to prayer comes from the world's religious doctrinal system of diabolos, which is really fueled by evil, lying, slandering, deceiving, and that system of darkness teaches a POS theology. Uh, I'll call it piece of scubula. Scubula is the Bible word for manure, for dung, a POS theology. And that theology says you're, you're, you're terrible. You're worthless. Uh, you were born in sin. Uh, you're not deserving. You're not worthy. You were born in sin and you, you have a, totally depraved heart. Uh, your heart is, is hopeless and beyond all help. That's what religion tells you. Hopefully you never heard that in church. Many of us did though. That's this degrading mindset. I'm not deserving. I'm not worthy. You know, I, I'm, you know, there's just something wrong with me. And then you, if you go to God with that mindset, it's totally opposite of the truth. It's not that God doesn't hear your prayers or maybe even won't answer your prayers, but it, it <laughs> you have no concept of what God is really like. So you relate to him more as an enemy than as a highly loved son or daughter. And Paul writes in, to the church in Colossians, says at one time you were enemies in your mind. You were never God's enemy, but you were enemies in your mind. Here's another thing that religion teaches. If we do what religion teaches, we might be able to get God to forgive us, but we're still just a sinner saved by grace. And God can't stand to look at me unless I'm covered by the blood of Jesus and he can't see me. But I'm still a, a piece of scuba. And if I mess up again, I can lose my salvation and God will punish me forever in eternal conscious torment. 
Can, can you see the fallacy of those lies that religion, all religion teaches that, including the Christian religion. Now, some forms of Christian religion are, well, there are 44,000 different denominations. I call them abominations. So they will tell you different things. Some will say, well, you're steeped in sin. Uh, you were born in sin. And your sin is that you, you don't, uh, you're not into social justice and you don't take care of the poor and the sick and that kind of stuff. Others will focus on different things and say, well, you're born in sin and, uh, you know, God's upset with you because you cuss or chew or you go with girls that do. I mean, <laughs> whether it's liberal or conservative uh, religion, they all have their 44,000 different variants of it, of what sin is and what you've done wrong and what's wrong with you and how, you know, take care of that by doing good things and praying right and getting God to uh, forgive you and not be mad at you anymore. It, it's all built on a lie. It's total house of cards. None of it's true. Religion has done that because religion is a multi-trillion dollar business that stays in business. Religion's favorite word is sin. And they don't even use it the way what it really meant. And you come, they tell you what sin that you've got. And if you don't have it, you're going to get it or somebody in your family has. And be sure and come back next week and we'll tell you how to avoid that sin or to get God to like you even when you've done it before. But you sure don't want to do it again, even though it's impossible not to do. And by the way, bring your checkbook with you. Now, you know, I'm being intentionally a little bit facetious there because those words aren't always said exactly like that, although sometimes those exact words are used. So here's my point today. I want to get back to the good news. The good news is you're right with God. You can't get any righter with God. God loves you because God is love. God adores you. God wants the best for you. God is for you. God is continually working everything for the good. He's already given you every every gift there is. He's lavished his grace on you. You're the apple of his eye. Sin's not an issue with God. So think about these things. Ponder these things. Think about them before you go to prayer. And then just listen and let the Holy Spirit grace in you, the Spirit of Christ, let the Holy Spirit confirm to you the truth of who God really is and who you really are. It will make a tremendous difference in your life. Hey, thanks so much for being with me. Appreciate it all. I'll see you all next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.